Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Cowboys can exhale. They get a win going into their bye, get a little of the heat off their backs. It was only last week, Perloff, that they lost badly to the 49ers in a sort of litmus test game that they just could not be competitive in. So another loss would have been just even worse for the Cowboys. Instead, get a little get a little reprieve yeah. by beating the Chargers on the road. But they come back with a must-win game against the Rams. <laughs> Every game's by a must-win. Must <laughs> I mean, this is the Dallas Cowboys. Everything's a must-win. This is a big win. If they had lost, I, I'm just saying, it would have been okay. Because they could have lost that game. It came down to the last drive with Justin Herbert. They would have been 3-3. Three and three. They're going to pick off some easy NFC wins anyway. Here's my problem with the Cowboys. Like, Are we seeing anything different than the team that's fallen short in the playoffs year in and year out? It just feels like the offensive... It feels like they're stuck in quicksand a little bit. They're not moving like they did last year with Kellen Moore. They're going to have to win with defense. Listen, the offense was not like so super impressive last night, of course, but... They did enough to get it done, and Dak Prescott moving his feet, Perloff, that was the best part. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that he stays healthy, Meg. Um, oh, sorry, uh, Maggie is completing her breakfast order. I'm going to vamp for a second here. So we're having a debate. Oh, hold on. Turn on her mic. I want to hear this. <laughs> You're on the 12th floor? Okay, we're on the 10th floor. Yeah. Okay, so you need someone to come get you on the 12th floor? Wait, do we have access okay, to the 12th floor? Okay, come to the 10th floor? floor. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Pete, can we also do an on-air production meeting? Can you please call EJ and tell him that the guy's lost in the building? <laughs> First of all, I thought the security <laughs> around here was like airtight. Normally, the people who are delivering food, they don't get past the lobby. Why is this guy lost on the 12th floor? By the way, we can't get to the 12th floor. That's totally locked off it's from It's Google us. up there. I yeah. don't know how anyone gets to the 12th floor. Anyway, Pete, EJ's got to meet the guy on the 10th floor. This is beyond embarrassing. This is the worst moment we've ever had. Okay. Back to sports. We're talking about Cowboys, Chargers. Yeah. Forget that. <laughs> I want to get in the what MVP. I want to just immediately take a left turn to the MVP debate. Because you were talking about... Was there anyone playing in the game last night who was worthy of Dak the MVP? Is at, Dak had all not. those interceptions yeah. last night. Justin Herbert's stats are unbelievable, but he's not going to be in it because they're not going to be a winning team. So this is such a weird year, the MVPs. Because you look at the candidates, is it the Tyreek Hill wide receiver win an MVP? Because there, is there any quarterback who's so far ahead of the other quarterbacks that he's going to win the MVP? I think think that Tua is probably ahead of him. If Tua, because this is such a quarterback award lately with the MVP, if Tua stays healthy, the numbers that Tua's putting up are great, phenomenal. Uh, he will win it if it become, if it if it continues like this. And then the Dolphins would have a huge question, which is, do you pay Tua and give him this massive contract if he's able to stay healthy for one season? But a related question, though, does anybody think that the real superpower on that team is Tua? They all, we all think it's Tyreek Hill. Yeah, but, I mean, if Brock Purdy can get in the MVP discussion, why wouldn't Tua be able to get into it? Well, I mean, here's the other thing. They if, both if, have great supporting say, casts and good defenses. Say that Purdy, you know, he's got some tough defenses he's coming up against, but say his numbers continue like this, 
is it in McCaffrey the MVP? I mean, I think we all know that, yes, McCaffrey is the MVP, but won't they give it to the quarterback? That just seems to be generally how this award is working. I just think this year is different because you don't really have a Patrick Mahomes. So Tyreek Hill's on pace for 2,306 yards, obviously an NFL record. You have the extra game. Yep. He is the most uncoverable player in the NFL. The dude did a flip with a camera. I think this. <laughs> Do you think that adds or takes away? Adds for sure. I know the NFL find him, but everyone loves it. Yeah. I just think this this year might be the breakthrough year that a wide receiver finally wins it. Cooper Cup was in the running the other year with the yeah. Rams, but Tyreek Hill is he's Cooper Cup is a system guy. Sean McVay. There's nothing system about Tyreek Hill. He's just totally uncoverable. My Eagles play him on Sunday night. I have no idea what the strategy is. You can't give him too much room in front. You certainly can't let him behind you. There's just no stopping this guy. So I think we're starting to see the beginning of a possibility of a break in the trend of quarterbacks with a wide receiver. First one ever, I believe. Listen, he would have to like obliterate the record, which I know he's on pace to break it by like over 200 yards or something like yeah. that. Again, you said mention the extra game. The extra game. But he, I think he would have to like you're not only fighting against other people who are putting together good seasons, you're fighting against like the system, if you will, yeah. which has never rewarded quarterbacks. Dude, the guy's still lost in the building. Oh, geez. Am I picking up the phone again? Yeah, pick up the phone. Okay. I told him. Hello? So, Blatty, did you know that there's never been a wide receiver to win the MVP? That's, a, that's surprising. You would think maybe in like the 80s or 70s you'd get one. Okay. Any luck? Yes, he's here. I don't know. I, th- this is going to end with this dude being our boss or something. Like, they're going to come in. They're going to give him an office. How did he get up here? I have or no on idea. candid camera. <laughs> Apparently. Let me give you a couple other candidates. You like the Lions? How about Jared Goff? That would be wild. What if Jared Goff won the MVP? How about Jared Goff? I was thinking about this. Jared Goff, if they get to the Super Bowl as a two-time Super Bowl quarterback. Yeah, could happen. I mean, they probably have the number one seed. Uh, I, I think they need a couple of injuries in San Francisco <laughs> to do that. But. but I'm thinking about it, though, beyond, like, we talk about guys who could yeah. be getting in the Hall of Fame. Like, you think Matthew Stafford get in the Hall of Fame. Great chance. Ryan, uh, Matt Ryan, you know, guys like this. Less, yeah, mixed chance. Okay, but Phillip like, Rivers. Philip Rivers, if you, if golf continues to put up numbers because it's yeah. like a video game now and you have the extra game and he would have gone to the Super Bowl twice. Yeah, but don't you have to win it twice? I don't know. I mean, Philip Rivers could get in without winning it at all, without yeah. even playing in the game. Yeah, but Philip Rivers has like 11 Pro Bowl appearances. Goff now has three. He has 2017, 2018, 2022, and he's about to turn 30. Actually, he just turned 29. Okay, so, but who's key? You know, he's just a chance, good a chance as anyone else in the NFC of making the Pro Bowl, doesn't he? I mean, no, Jalen Hurts and Purdy and so Dak. Who else are you really Four time Pro Bowler, but Rivers, I think, is 10 times. He's still got a while to go. Anyway, yeah, that is wild to think of Jared Goff. I think there's two things are crazy. Tua to be the MVP, that's pretty wild to me. Jared Goff to be MVP is wild. But I, I honestly think anybody with common sense looks at the Dolphins, the MVP of that team is Tyreek Hill. So how can the MVP of the team not be the MVP of the league? Same with Christian McCaffrey and the Niners. I, I'm just telling you what I've seen all these years, yeah. which is Can't they the never system. give it to the wide receiver or the running. Well, the running backs they used to give it to. Yeah, I th- I think this year could be the first time in a long time. Is there I'm anyone a, else in the running? Well, I mean, listen, Brock Purdy is probably, I think he fell, but he could bounce back. Mahomes is having, they're not going to give it to Mahomes, right? He's got to be Herculean to do anything. Listen, you never know because I think Mahomes is like the default candidate. 
It's like, well, if no one's having a great year, Mahomes is definitely the best player oh, in the and, league. Uh, oh, your guy, Josh Allen. I think voters want to reward Josh Allen for having an excellent career. How about how about him this oh, year? Oh, Lifetime Achievement Award? Um, He's third in odds, Josh Allen, right now. Well, not if they keep playing like they did uh, against the Giants. Oh, one more. Lamar Jackson, who's starting to pick up his passing game a lot. I think Lamar could be possible, but to be a two-time, do you have to like be even better? Which is is a long season. Anyway, yeah, going back, I, I totally agree with what you just said. They're not. <laughs> he has to be amazing. It's amazing to, to yeah. be a two time. Uh, going back to last night, so you do have Dak Prescott in a big spot. One of the great things that he did was started to move his legs, use his legs rather as a weapon, which is something we saw through the first part of Dak Prescott's career a lot. Then he started to get injuries, and it started to build up. And you saw him become a little bit more of a like less less of less of a risk taker, if you will. And last night, you saw this other element of it. Is it sustainable? I don't know. But, man, does it make the Cowboys' offense look a lot better. Ooh. But last night was tough, though. Right? I mean, that's not the Cowboys. That's not the offense they want, I'm assuming. You got to score more than 20 points. I Maybe I came in. Did you expect a huge offensive app? Two of the best offenses in the league last night. Yeah. And it was, it was a real slog. I know. But here's the thing. I think you got to also be in the game you're in. Right, which is Dak's legs were a weapon because they happened to be in this slog of a game. Yeah. You got to throw out whatever you thought was going to happen. What actually happened was points were at a premium last night, and you had to be in this like dogfight of a game that was a little grittier, I think, than people believed. And the referees were just muddying the whole thing up with the, you know, whatever 20 penalties that were called in the game. Absolutely. But I do look at this offense and it, much like the Chargers, like it's just not easy. Like last night was not easy. easy. I mean, CeeDee Lamb had a lot of easy catches though for 117 yards. That part looked easy. I just worry about Mike McCarthy. Uh, I just don't, I don't think he's really kind of caught up with the modern offense. It feels like he's running a 2012 offense, yeah. not a 2023 offense. Watch the, watch the Dolphins, all the pre-snap movement and all the stuff going on. The Cowboys don't really have much of that at all. Yeah, they're calling what Mike McDaniel's doing like revolutionary, though. Yeah. And I don't think anyone's going to put Mike McCarthy and revolutionary in the same sentence in this day and age. Yeah, it just doesn't. Also, where were the explosive plays, really? They had the 60-yard pass to Pollard, which was all his running, was their longest play of the year. Yeah. You said that earlier. There's just not... The offense is it's just too hard. They need some explosive plays. They need Dak to be able to throw along. Brandon Cook's got a touchdown last night, but did you expect a little more from him? Yeah, but maybe that's on us. Maybe that's our bad. Why? That guy's produced everywhere. Yeah, but he's also been everywhere. Like, there's got to be a reason that he keeps going from team to team. What did Joe Buck say? He caught his uh, touchdown for the fifth different team? That's yeah, but crazy. He, he's there for one reason, to provide some sort of deep threat to make things underneath a little easier, and he hasn't done it so far. The other thing, the first half, the storyline, Michael Gallup, what are you doing? Oh, they were trying to get Gallup involved, and he just was not helping out Dak at all. No, it, they were clearly not on the same page. And I believe at one point he was like one for six, like one catch for six targets. Yeah. He ended up catching a, a pass on the final drive uh, of the first half, which Mike McCarthy ends up botching essentially because they had like nine seconds and they were at the 14-yard line, definitely enough to be able to run a play to try to get a touchdown right before the half. And instead, he let the game mm -hmm. clock go. He does not want to use a timeout. Let the clock go down to three seconds and kick the field goal. One note on Brandon Cooks. Okay. First career, 13.6 yards per catch. Last year, even in Houston, 12.3. He's at 8.4 yards per catch. There is no scaring the defense right now with them. They, they're off at, Their defense is amazing. If they're going to win a Super Bowl, as you predicted... 
it's going to be the defense, Maggie. They got to keep the the games conservative. But listen, McCarthy is a play caller. It's, it's it's not wowing me right now. No, but the defense against one of the better quarterbacks in Justin Herbert, although I thought he left a bit to be desired, especially on that final drive, a lot to be desired. Uh, but let's listen to Mike McCarthy. Pete, can we play cut number 11, please? Um, says the season really been up and down. It's a good win, good road win. You know, we've had four in a road out of six games. You know, we split. Um, you know, we're, we're four and two. Uh, we're at the bye. It's been... Um, it's been a little bit, a little bit. It's been a roller coaster ride as, as far as how we've performed in our productivity uh, in six weeks. Um, so we get we get a chance to re- reset, reboot. Uh, hopefully, we come out of the game relatively healthy and um, get back at it for the Rams. <laughs> Listen, why I think this is good is no nobody thinks the Chargers is an awesome team, but they're definitely not a bad team. Okay, and the Cowboys previously had big wins over teams. No offense to the Jets. I know that they have a big win over Philly, but I don't think anyone's classifying the Jets as like a great team. The Giants are a terrible team, and New England's a terrible team. So they didn't have like, you know, a signature win. I'm not saying this is it, but at least it's against a team that's better than the three that I mentioned. Yeah, better than New but England, better than the Jets, better than the Giants. Honestly, I look at the Chargers. I'd be surprised if they have a winning record this year. They're probably going to end up below 500. They just... They're just uninspired. That is true. From start to finish. I think part of that is everyone knows Brandon Staley is is probably done. I would imagine. Now, the yeah. question is, who would be the the right person to take over that job? EJ, we put a poll up about whether Bill Belichick should take over at the Chargers. What are the results of the poll? So, looking at the poll here, give me a, one second. I got to circle back after this wild Did we ever find the breakfast leader? Does, does the guy um, who d- delivered the breakfast, was, uh, does he work here now? The poll results right now. We got okay. Chargers... Hiring Bill Belichick. So 45% say yes, 54% say no. Interesting. It's close. So does the guy who delivered the breakfast, he works here now? (laughs) He has an office now? Uh, He might as well. I mean, the fact that he was able to get – I mean, I feel like I was in Spider-Man – across the Spider-Verse trying to find <laughs> Spot. If you've ever seen that movie where Spot's going to different dimensions. I mean, I've been on probably four or five floors. I, I think I've seen different dimensions. I saw <laughs> a alternate Maggie and Pearl off where, you know, Maggie was the male and Andrew was the female. I mean, I feel like I've just seen everything. You've seen too much now. Yes, I, I've seen the world now just trying to find the S in breakfast. Maggie has no idea what you're talking about. She does not know about <laughs> the multiverse, the Spider-Verse. No, but I get what he, I'm picking up what EJ's putting down. I mean, the other part is, I can't believe he got to a Google floor. He got to a Google floor. He got to an Odyssey floor, apparently. Uh, and then he was just chilling in, <laughs> in the elevator, in, in the in not even in the elevator lobby, in the like in the freight elevator section, which what? only needed is one door, and then you have access to everything here. How did he get in the freight elevator? I, look, he clearly maybe he's on some John Wick, Tom Clancy <laughs> type. I mean, he needs to be, you know, in those movies or writing those movies because impressive job because there's quite a lot of security in this building. Dude, this this dude just like he, you know, like you got to test the perimeter, like yeah. whenever you're trying to see where your weak points are. This guy just infiltrated the building. It's more like the movie Ricochet than anything else. <laughs> uh, he's a corporate spy. What's Ricochet? Sorry. Uh, that was uh, John Lithgow. <laughs> Uh, where he was a uh, criminal. <laughs> and then, uh, John Lithgow, our most, our most hardened criminal. John Lithgow. What Third year was Ricochet? Oh, that was probably the 90s, mid-90s. 91. 90s. Yeah. Does anyone else have this with uh, the type of TV that we have? It's constantly feeding us, like, movie suggestions, and they're all from the 90s. It's like 
have you watched Sandra Bullock in the net? <laughs> like, what? Oh, no, yeah. I haven't. I'm not going to know. Well, I'm going to watch Ricochet. Early... Sounds awesome. I'm looking at Denzel Washington and John Lithgow. Sign me up. <laughs> Anyone seen Equalizer good. 3 yet, by the way? I'm on the verge of renting it. I heard it's awesome. I've not seen Equalizer 1. <laughs> I haven't either, but everyone says Equalizer <laughs> 3 is one of the best movies of the year. And I, you get on me because I like sequels. You're going to jump in on Equalizer 3 expecting a good movie? I heard it. I heard Equalizer 3 is outstanding. See, I'm a sequel fundamentalist. It's very hard for me if I've not watched the earlier movies to just jump in and like... You know, I got to tell you. Fundamentalist? <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, my friends it's keep like... Stance. They've been hounding me on like, you got to see the next John Wick. I'm like, I've never seen the first John Wick. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm like, yes, it does. It for does Equalizer for and John Wick, it does not matter. It definitely doesn't matter. There's no sure. plot. They just kill everybody. <laughs> no, but I, I, I want to see the story threads. I want to see how they the story... They don't have them. Yeah, I my, don't... My, it's like you can't see Kickboxer 2 if you haven't seen Kickboxer 1. I think you're going to be okay. You know what's an issue? My wife rented a Mission Impossible last night. Do you need to see all the Mission Impossibles? Because they don't really have a story thread that goes through. They kind of reset every time. That's another one where my parents friends keep saying, oh, I've never seen a Mission Impossible movie. They're like, oh, you got to see Mission Impossible. The next, you know, Tom Cruise movie. My dad loves these movies. And I'm like, I, I, I want, I, and my thing is, I'm not afraid to do the 10 movie marathon. I'm not, I'm not ducking that smoke. Yeah. But like, I need time. People got to relax. Like, I'm not going to just jump to the eighth movie in a franchise. No, you got it wrong because you can't, to see a James Bond movie, you can't see the 35 that came before it. And there's no need to. There's no plot thread. There's no relationships that carry from one movie to the next. Yeah, he's sleeping with different women in every one. Yeah, same with Mission yeah. Impossible. There's no common, yeah, they're the same actors, but they reset the plot every time. You're fine. I can't do it. And by the way, it's the same plot every time. Every <laughs> yeah, Mission Impossible say, movie. Reset the plot? How? It's like, is this an excuse for Tom Cruise to jump out of an airplane? Yeah, yeah. Time? No, basically. <laughs> and then tell us about it. Yeah, it's like the the American government is betraying Tom Cruise, and they end up on the same page. I just told you what happened in all the other movies. <laughs> Jeez, Sorry. Well, spoiler. You no. got you to gotta alert us before you divulge. Was that too much? <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you haven't seen Mission Impossible, how have you not seen Mission Impossible 1? I've never, I just, I've never seen it. I mean... It's not like a young thing because I'm 32. Like, I feel like a lot of people my age have seen at least some Mission Impossible movies, but yeah. just not something that, like, you would think a young man who loves, like, action stuff. I don't know. Just never, I never, never jumped to my thing or something. Just I Just admit do. it. You hate Tom Cruise. Yeah. No, hate- I actually don't mind Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. <laughs> I, I don't. Like, it's, I've to, like, you know, he seems to be a thrill guy. I don't know. Did you need to see Top Gun 1 to enjoy Top Gun 2? I don't really think so. I mean, there were a lot of things planted in there. Yeah. Like, it was a homage because you're talking about, yeah. you know, Goose and his kid. Um, have you guys taken the opportunity to make fun of Maggie for liking Caddyshack 2? <laughs> oh, Pearl off. You're just spilling my <laughs> secrets. <laughs> Come on. The morning show needs to know. <laughs> Maggie, Maggie's sense of humor was formed at nine years old, and anything that came out when she was eight or nine was hysterical. That's abundantly clear to the audience. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> <Clearly>. I, <laughs> and you're proud of it, as you should be. Now, yeah. I like Airplane 2. Oh, that's a that's an interesting one. That's a tough one. I've never seen that one. <laughs> that Way they, to admit that you. <laughs> they go to the moon. Of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> they go to the moon. That's all you need to know. Thank but you. But I like it. I mean, I, I'm a sequel person. I, <laughs> I, I, I was born in the 80s. It was a yeah, big uh, sequel time. Yeah. Everyone was making money and cashing in. It was the height of greed. You know, a lot of Wall Street stuff going on in the 80s. People doing a lot of blow. And they needed a money grab. <laughs> Speaking of which, okay. There's got to be a line, though. You could not possibly have liked Weekend at Bernie's, too. When yeah, they use the voodoo, voodoo, when they brought voodoo to bring Bernie Listen, back to it's life, it's a better idea. Than the dude's idea. been dead for two movies. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a better idea than going to the moon in Airplane Two. Yeah, no, Airplane Two. That was Tony Bono was in it. William Shatter showed up at the end in the space. It was a space shuttle. Yeah, 
How Stryker about, decided to, to man the space shuttle. It was great. Hot shots part two? That was pretty good. Hard shots part two. Pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. I didn't love... Um, Naked Gun, Naked all Gun three were. Oh, all three were perfect. They I only like amazing. the first one. I'm a purist when it comes to what Naked Gun. What was wrong with Naked Gun too? I don't remember what, what happened. I don't remember Naked Gun too. I remember the first, the first one and the third one. The third one was beyond bad. Anna Nicole Smith. Oh, it's terrible. Was the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> guy in the, in the guy in the production truck. It was excellent. All right. What have we accomplished in this segment? I literally talked to the delivery guy on the air. Yeah. Oh, that happened on the air? I didn't yes. realize that. He wow. Calling That's interesting. <laughs> yes. That, is, that was interesting. Let's hope that our boss wasn't listening to that. Uh, we've talked about my love of Caddyshack 2, and Pete topped it with Airplane 2. <laughs> we know that EJ Airplane never... 2 is great, though. Caddyshack 2 is a disaster. Okay. Watch it again. And then what else? We decided that Tyreek Hill should be the front runner for the MVP. I decided that. Okay. You uh, you disagree. I think it's still going to be two if he's healthy. Anyway, 855-212-4CBS. We also talked about the Cowboys in that segment. We covered a lot of ground. Some would argue too much, but not us. Who's uh, EJ? Just knock that whole segment out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just, just cut that. Just cut it. That's Goodbye. Or maybe just Move blast. on to 920. We're good, Eastern. It's so short today. I think it's just blast that segment into the sun. Uh, okay, coming up, got a lot more to do, including, well, every day we check in on Deion Sanders. <laughs> what do you have to say today? We'll tell you. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. I felt like the whole crew here was a little disappointed in me yesterday. I mean... Correct. Sure. Because <laughs> you, feel that, yeah. you guys don't even need specifics. Yeah. Right now. Our bogus is here with the headlines. Well, uh, <laughs> so I think everyone expected me to be crying because the Philadelphia Eagles lost the New York Jets. Yeah. But I did not care because Jalen Hurts, who is my sort of unofficial mentor in the sports world, keeps on saying the same thing. You're either winning or you're learning. To me, the Eagles' loss was a matter of learning. I've been thinking more and more, 48 hours later, I'm glad they lost. I think that was a positive loss. Sometimes you need a wake-up call so the coaches can get in there and coach them up. They're getting complacent. I am flying high with my Eagles. Okay, you realize that he stole that from, like, Nelson Mandela or something. Like it did, Jalen Hurts didn't, and, think, didn't think it up. No, that's yeah, a good person to steal from if you're fine, looking for inspiration. Fine, and I'm stealing it from him. <laughs> so. It's like, like my mentor Jalen Hurts has said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to well, my own self be true. It's like, what? <laughs> do you remember Bill Belichick every year, like, the the – Patriots would start out 3-0. and Then he would mysteriously lose the fourth game just because you know that he just wanted a loss so he could get in there and yell at people. Listen, I just if, think it's if a he had pro- one more of those, maybe he'd be closer to Don Shula's record. The season is a process. <laughs> <laughs> the season is a process. Everybody overestimates one game. The Eagles are right where they need to be. That's what I'm telling myself yeah. because I play the Dolphins this week. But I am definitely not worried about an out-of-conference loss in Week 6. The Cowboys was not a must-win game out-of-conference. There are must-win games coming up this season. You guys got to stop using that unless it's a Game 7 of the MLB playoffs. You feel you guys in processes. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm, about, also, I'm feeling so great for you to feel good about your team that's 5-1. and one. Bogus, you got headlines for I us. Do, I do. You're either winning asking. or you're learning. You're either winning or As you're Jaylen learning. As Jalen Hurts once famously said. Sure. <laughs> Bryce Harper. Well, why would Nelson Mandela say you're winning or learning? Because he was one of the most wise people to ever walk the earth, so he knew. Was he talking about rugby? I don't understand. Yeah, he's talking about life. <laughs> Bryce Harper is certainly good at baseball, but does he know his numbers? Harper cranked a home run on the first pitch he saw in game one of the NLCS last night. 
on his 31st birthday. So Harper put up three fingers on one hand, one on the other as he got to home plate, then blew out the candles. To him, it looked like a 31. <laughs> to the rest of us, it looked like a 13. It's crazy. I just... Sometimes I just do stuff, and that, that felt uh, that felt right. So I thought I'd uh, step on home plate and, and do that. Um, but I just thought about it as I was running around third base. Harper also oh, what had a guy. RBI single in the 5-3 series opening win. His team has now won its last 10 postseason games at home against NL opponents. D-back starter Zach Gallen charged with all five of those runs. Also taken deep last night by Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos. Can we get him to pee in a cup? Aaron Nola and Merrill <laughs> oh, Kelly on the mound for game two. Yeah, I'm sure the other teams alive in the playoffs are clean. Get out of here. I mean, button a jersey up. We get it. Your kid's there. Stop hitting home runs. What a pig. Five and three The Diamondbacks sure seem to be hitting the ball pretty hard, too, last night. They lost last night. So, no, they did not. So, when does, at what point in your life do you stop, like, making it a big deal about your birthday? Not trying to be a jerk here about Bryce Harper, but you're 31. I did think that was a little. <sighs> are odd. you big? Are you guys He's, big birthday people? No, We're no. all getting he, to know each other. Around Bryce here. Harper seemed overly enthusiastic. I agree with you. I'm like, who well, cares? Well, so that 30 it's a is a big one, right? Yeah. 31. It's like, all right, now I'm so, now I'm just in my 30s, which is great. 30s rocked. I loved my 30s. Yeah, I, I think birthdays are important. You like them? Okay. Yes, I, think I feel they like are. Bryce Harper Milestone. is just sort of. He feels like he's got this weird kid-like quality, and I don't mean that necessarily as a compliment. It should sound like, like it's, <laughs> I don't think that sounds like a compliment. Yeah, no, it's good to have like that kid-like enthusiasm. It yeah. just strikes me as curious with Bryce Harper. Yeah, my first reaction live was not criticism. It was just jealousy that my team doesn't have a player like that. Well, what did you think of when he did the throat slash didn't uh, like the throat slash or when he stared down the shortstop? Fine. All of those things are fine and warranted, and he's allowed to do them except the throat slash. The throat slash to me is silly and unnecessary. Kids are watching. It's just we like. It's a weak celebration. I totally agree. Yeah, I just. It's It's also played out 15 years ago. That too. I think the kids are watching. uh, Part of it is is the big part. It's a fake tough guy thing too. Mm -hmm. It's just yeah, he's better. Everyone's better than that. My least favorite celebration is when a cornerback on first down <laughs> gets one pass defended, like and he's like celebrating, like crossing his hands like this. I'm like, you're about to get torched the next six plays. Not only that, when guys, I don't like over celebrating when they celebrate drops, like you didn't contribute to the <laughs> yeah, drop. Dude. That's the worst. Yeah. It's like clapping for a double fault. Right. Yeah. It's. I also don't like the when you're trailing by two scores and the wide receiver comes up with a big catch and then like points like the first down. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, got, no. oh, it's the worst. You got like by three touchdowns. <laughs> you got like three. To four more of those big catches just to get back in this game. <laughs> so I hustle on back to line scrimmage. Uh, let me reset. The Phillies won last night 5-3. The Rangers oh. won game two in Houston 5-4 for a 2-0 lead in the ALCS. The Astros were down 5-2, bottom five, low to the bases with nobody out, but Nathan Avaldi got the next three batters to escape. Max Scherzer back after five weeks with a shoulder injury. He starts game three tomorrow in Arlington. Get lost. It was a 2017 Cowboy win over the Chargers in L.A. on Monday Night Football. That means 25 teams Scored 21 points or fewer in week six, mm. the most in a single week ever. Wow. Brandon Staley accepts his team's role in that infamy. We're a work in progress, and um, this was a tough night against a good team, good good defensive unit. Um, but we, we definitely did not play well enough at the line of scrimmage, and uh, we have to improve. His team only ran for 53 yards. Micah Parsons sacked Justin Herbert on the Chargers' last drive. Stephon Gilmore then picked Herbert off to seal the victory. 
Dak Prescott happy to win the must win. I mean, it was huge for us to get the four and two. Um, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Had to be four and two heading into their bye. Prescott ran for a score and threw one to Brandon Cooks. Bills running back Damian Harris is now home after Sunday night scare, leaving the field in an ambulance. Harris diagnosed with a neck sprain and is in the league's concussion protocols. Colts rookie QB Anthony Richardson likely headed for shoulder surgery, likely done for the season. And Lions head coach Dan Campbell says they'll probably be without David Montgomery for, quote, a little bit after hurting his ribs in Sunday's win in Tampa. The Florida Panthers have their first win of the new hockey season. Here's Barkoff into the near circle. Out to Ekman Larson at the line. Backs up. Long shot tip. They scored. It's Sam Reinhardt on the power play. Got a stick on that. He got a stick on what? Uh, <laughs> behave yourself, Sam Reinhardt. He scored twice in a 4-3 win in Jersey. Chicago won in Toronto 4-1. But Connor Bedard held pointless for the first time in his four career games. Kevin Durant and Devin Booker each scored 19 in the Suns 117-106 preseason and win over the Blazers. Uh, and golf fans will know the voice, know the name Ivor Robson, the official starter for 41 Open Championships, introing the golfers on the first tee. He has passed away at the age of 83. Hmm. Guys, back to you. Well, that's sad, but forgive me. I'm not familiar with his work. Did he have like a signature call or he something? He has a, uh, not a signature call, but he has a kind of a high-pitched um, and an interesting delivery in his announcements of on okay. the first tee Rory McIlroy uh, and it was oh it that was, sounds familiar I wasn't sure if it was like the guy who introduces the Pistons you know no like, no no Detroit basketball that guy but he was always there and they always made a point of putting him on the air uh, okay when like the bigger players were starting their rounds gotcha okay yeah. I got uh, good news for you by the way Bogus that uh-oh. Phillies bullpen is dying to give away a game I will the Phillies are losing tonight. Are which they is giving fine. away four games though? That's the No, I don't think here. so, but okay. they're definitely they they're definitely losing tonight. I no, just I sweep. would like to see can we continue sexually suggestive hockey highlights yeah. throughout <laughs> the entire season? Because I gotta I mean, tell you, it's gonna make, make me way more interested in the season. So I'll do my best. Uh, I scanned all five or six games last night yeah, and it's a heavy lift. Yeah. Maybe we can get the audience involved. Like, maybe they can yeah. help us a little. If you hear a sexually Oof. suggestive hockey highlight, send it Let to us. Yeah, that's a great idea. Like a bad beat for uh, Scott Van Pelt. You know, that's all user-generated. The yeah. second you said Florida Panthers, I'm like, or whatever team that was, I'm like, oh, there's no way he'd read this highlight unless there's something good in here. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. I know. This could be our new thing. Yeah, by the way, he mentioned Sam Reinhardt. Our celebrity picker last week, we have not talked about that. Bo, Bo Reinhardt, Reinhardt. Uh, founder of the band Need to Breathe. Do you know what he said uh, for his picks? He said the Browns are going to win on a bunch of Dustin Hopkins field goals in the bad weather. He did actually say that. And that that. is exactly what happened. I know. That was, uh, sorry, the Reinhardt reminded me of that. That, We forgot to give him his flowers for that. It was a dead-on prediction. How else did he do? Uh, He was dominant. I think. uh, Yeah, this dude. Yeah. All these country music stars, or he's more like rock, like uh, uh, Christian he's Rock. Christian I guess. Christian Rock, yeah, but, but he uh, lives in Nashville. He lives in Nashville, so he's like around it. I yeah. mean, these dudes yeah. are so good at evaluating sports. Like the Florida Georgia Line people, they're like their analysis is spot on. <laughs> well, like they LeBron. better than LeBron, though. That's the question. But LeBron's an athlete. Like these guys, I think you get a lot of downtime when you're on tour. Right, you're on the bus, concert at night, you got time then, to break down film. Then you so got much time to watch First Take yeah. and like listen to every radio show in the world. <laughs> right, right. I then want Pey- my damn respect, too. <laughs> Peyton Manning's hosting the CMAs again, so he's getting into country music, like the yeah. crossover. 
Now, I love, I, I want to see more of, I didn't watch much of the shop. Nobody told me it was on when they were doing the second screen for the NFL game. I, I'm very interested in LeBron as an NFL analyst. But do you realize, like, you're asking for something that, like, no one else is asking for? It's like, it's like asking for more Kelsey right. brothers, you know? It's like, no, we don't have enough Kelseys on TV. Let's put no. on a baseball game last night. I would rather hear anything than LeBron talking about the NBA right now. Well, I've him, heard that for years. Him, too. Like, he doesn't want to talk about the NBA either. He's clearly over that, and he's like, moved on to football. His opinion on Anthony Davis means nothing. It's been five years of that. Yeah, I mean, listen, was it in his mind, was it must win for his Cowboys last night? <laughs> sure. I, I want to hear what he thought of the defense in that last drive. Yeah, let's have him on the show. Why not? Cool. Call LeBron. Somebody uh, book LeBron. Yes, you would love LeBron because he's a fan of the Cowboys and the Browns, and you're a fan oh. of everyone on earth. And <laughs> Ohio State, and somehow he's gotten involved in Oregon, and yeah. there seems to be a little bit of, now as a USC fandom. His college is all over the place. You like the Phillies? <laughs> Probably the one team he hates. But he's, <laughs> no, he's definitely waiting out to see who wins it this Saturday with Ohio State, Penn State to see if he's gonna put that <laughs> Buckeye hat on or the Oregon hat or the USC hat. Thrifty is oh, in the Dion. chat. Yeah, YouTube. We'll get to Dion in a second. Thrifty's in the chat. YouTube.com/slash CBS Sports Radio said, "Wait, y'all know need to breathe, dude. Come on, celebrity picks. We do them uh, every Friday." Yeah, of course need, we know Need to Breathe. Need to Breathe. If you actually, the ESPN plays them all the time. They have a lot of rejoin music on ESPN. I'll point it out next time. I'll call everybody. <laughs> Especially uh, right. Thrifty in the chat. Hey. Call him directly. Yeah, Thrifty, turn on these WNBA highlights. <laughs> quick, 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 quick. It's Need to Breathe. <laughs> oh, it's over. Uh, thank you, Bogus, for the highlights. Let's get to our Daily Dion. Daily. Do you believe in that? Dion. you believe in that? All right, well, Colorado goes into their bye week off of a brutal loss. Stanford, double overtime. That's a sentence I never thought I'd say into a microphone. Uh, double overtime, they lose. They were up 29 nothing. Deion Sanders gets philosophical in his post-game press conferences pro-off. And this one was particularly brutal after they lost to Stanford. So he started talking about whether his team actually loves football because he loves football. Sadly, I love it so much, but the game don't even occupy the ability to love you back. That's a strange love, isn't it? You can just hear the pain there. I never thought about football not loving you back. It is such a brutal sport. I never thought anyone would expect love back from football considering the damage it does to your body. Wait, what's he saying here? He's saying football has not loved him back? feels like football is giving Dion a lot of love back. Like Super Bowl rings, Hall of Fame, kind of an awesome coach. also very clearly a play on the paid in full line from, you know, Makai Pfeiffer, where he says, you know, you know, the game don't love me, but they don't love you back, though. And I feel you, A. I do, man. But see, man, I love the game. I love the hustle. Like, Dion totally taking it from paid in full. Oh, okay. But still, Wait, they talk about football in that scene, though. No, that scene is about uh, street life. Yeah, I was gonna say that scene is about a drug deal. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, right, but, that, right. but that, this is but this is the cadence. Everything is yeah. the same. Man, oh, okay. how much is he ripping off? Every coach does, though. Every yeah, everyone does. I'm not. I mean, I'm not even hating, no more. I'm hating on him for. In fact, I love the reference, but like that, like. He's making it seem like it's original, but this is definitely paid in full. I know. It's like Jalen Hurts quoting Nelson Mandela, but taking it for himself. It's like, <laughs> dude, it's not you. Um, Why do you have to go after Jalen Hurts? It just brings it all full circle in this segment. Um, yeah, right. Okay. Dion's getting a lot of heat these days. If you guys notice a new trend mm. that he seems to be deflecting, uh, and I never noticed this, that in his post-game press conferences, 
a lot of the players screwed up, a lot of the coaches screwed up. There's not a lot of I screwed up in this. No, so, well, the other thing that he's yeah. doing, and I get why, because he's played really well, and it's his son. Never a criticism of Shador. Oh, ever, yeah, yeah. ever, ever. I like but that. You know what? I like that. Uh, to be fair, though, like, find me a coach that really criticizes their quarterback I mean, in a press conference. That doesn't it? happen. Only Brian Dayball does stuff like that. What opportunities? Even, okay, he threw one pick, but, I mean, he was unbelievable in the Stanford game. There's not a lot of opportunities to criticize Shador That's this year. That's true. He's That's been true. nearly perfect. Uh, okay, that's your Daily Dion for today. Got a lot more to do, including uh, the hilarious moment from yesterday that had us just dying. We'll get to that in a minute. It's Maggie and Pearl off CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I guess we are a Taylor Swift show. Look at us. Welcome back. Maggie and Perloff. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Oh, boy. Like, we don't have enough of... Oh. Enough, Taylor. I think I'm, I'm reaching my max. That was a great conversation with my 13-year-old and you about Taylor Swift yesterday. <laughs> yesterday in the car. Yeah, it was pretty good. My 13-year-old hates Taylor Swift. Doesn't just dislike her. Thinks she's everything wrong with American pop culture. That's because Why? your your teenage daughter is going through like a... She's not, like, not like a punk rock phase, but just like a, anything that's popular, she's not going to like. Exactly. She's yeah. in that phase. She says Taylor is the worst dancer and she dresses like a mom. That was her. <laughs> uh, it's just too poppy for her. She, she likes definitely like underground stuff, which is crazy. Like she's telling me about bands. Like Two years ago, she was watching Dora the Explorer. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Here. It was Baby Shark two years ago, and now she's to uh, get yeah. lit lounge. Uh-oh. All of a sudden, like she's she, I I like bring up a song. She's like, oh, Dad, you're so old. I mean, your daughter is definitely so much cooler than you. <laughs> she called Travis. And me. We asked her. So oh. me and Maggie were on the conference call. And my daughter was in the car, and Maggie goes, "You think?" I said, "You think Travis Kelsey's good looking?" She goes, "Daddy's so." Oh, like he's like an octogenarian walking his street. <laughs> yeah. Like he, walk, he goes to the game with a walker, you know? Anyway, um, this was interesting. Here was Roger Goodell, total left turn, who <laughs> was Speaking of heartthrobs, yeah. Roger Goodell. <laughs> Ooh, Raj. Uh, he was on an NFL Live panel about uh, NFL in the United Kingdom. So this was last week. And he was asked about whether they would ever play the Super Bowl in Europe. To play a Super Bowl in a city where we don't have a franchise, that would be pretty hard to do. Um, it's not impossible, and it's something that has been discussed before. But I think it, being able to play it in one of our cities, um, it's a, a huge economic boost to those cities. Our fans live in those cities also. I think that's important. Not that we don't have great fans here. We do. And so... You know, as the international series develops, maybe that's a possibility as we play more games here. I mean, they add games in Europe every single year. So we know it's going to be, you know, it's going to increase. I'm sh- I'm sure they're looking at ways to put teams in Europe and expand the footprint. But the Super Bowl in Europe feels like a bridge too far to me. Why would you want to do that? Well, because what do you gain from having it? You know, you're not getting a new audience by having it anywhere in America. So the the idea is to expand to the rest of the world by moving over to Europe. Okay, but the question is the timing, right? I yeah. always thought you weren't going to have a big fan. You weren't going to have a lot of people watching in Europe because it kicks off at 640 Eastern time, which is like close to midnight in London. So 
you're asking people to stay up late on a Sunday, you know, to watch something they're not invested in. So ESPN reported, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not sure where, that they would play the game at 8.30 local, 3.30. It's five hours that time of the year, 3.30 Eastern. That's not too bad. Here's the thing about the Super Bowl, and I, I kind of believe this. It's a TV product. So what difference does it really make? I guess there's some lead-up. I feel like the lead-up is a little overrated. The media loves it, of course, because they all get to go there. But generally, I, I think once you're watching the game, do you care where it is? I don't care where it is, but you're going to tell me the Super Bowl is going to kick off at noon on the West Coast? Like, that seems crazy. What about, you know, first of all, the buildup, they sell tea, they sell ads. I mean, it kicks the... off at 3.30. It's not that late. I don't know. Noon feels a little early for the Super Bowl to me. Now, granted, I'm 40, so I'd love it. <laughs> Let's play this thing at 11 o'clock in the morning. That jives with my schedule. But I feel like they're losing out on so much advertising money in the buildup, mm. in the lead-up to the game oh, that day. God. That there's nothing more boring than a six-hour pre-game show. I'm telling you, I bet they I, sell tons of ads against it. Well, it's still, okay, 3.30. I'm not sure that's that big a difference. But as far as, like, the experience and having everybody at the city, I, I think the fact that who cares that it's in Miami, you know, the next couple of years, or it's in San Francisco in two years or three years, does that really affect most of the people watching the game on TV, okay. which is the 99.9% of the audience? I get it. It's 100 million people or whatever watching on TV. But I also think it's a big lift. Like, say you're a Lions fan. Yeah. And you've been waiting for your team to get to the Super Bowl your whole life. and Or multiple generations have been waiting for this their whole lives. And then all of a sudden you get there and it's like, all right, you were already probably, if you were going to go, you already know it's going to be expensive as all get out. So now you got to do a European flight on top of that? Like, you're asking your fans to do too much there. Yeah, I mean, the tickets are insane right now, so I'm not sure all these Lions fans can afford to go. That's all a good point, but I, I think if you're... Is it going to water down? Is the Super Bowl going to be bad because it's in London? I think it's kind of like at a neutral site anyway all the time. It's in Vegas this year. It's obviously not going to be the Raiders, so I just, so I think at the end of the day, Super Bowl is a TV product, and that's how they view it. They don't really care that much about the location. But that there are 32 owners who all want it in their cities to be like a show off my city. Definitely. Let's get to our shot of the day. He shoots! He and the shot of the day is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila is brought to you by those who drink it. People like me. Today, uh, shot of the day comes from earlier. Um, looks like we stumbled upon a new segment, sexually suggestive hockey highlights. The Capitals in flames in D.C. So Kuznetsov is going to start it off here. And we'll see if he pulls out the move. He sure does. <laughs> going to slow it down along the right side. And just going to tap at it here all the way to the net. Slow it down through the right circle. Tap, 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 and score. <laughs> it works almost all the time. 60% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> yeah, very... That doesn't make sense. Uh, John Walton on Caps Radio. Suggestive uh, call there. Right? A <laughs> little bit. I mean, if my mind is perennially in the gutter, but uh, it's like he's ready for the move. And I'm a little slow. slow. Yeah. Now I get it. Okay. <laughs> tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. I was like, why is Bogus playing this clip? <laughs> what was that line in Anchorman? It was like Panther Cologne or something, uh, right? 60% of the time uh, works every time. Uh, yeah, this is true. I'm looking at hockey terms that could be confused for sexual innuendos. Yeah, I'm not going to read them out loud. Yeah, no, we all get it. But they're pretty good. Yeah, hockey is basically, now I'm, it's, it's a very, very dirty sport. That here. guy knew what he was doing with that highlight. Yeah, yeah. Bogus? <laughs> no, oh, the play-by-play guy. Oh, the play-by-play guy? Yes. 
Well, we Bogish know. definitely knew. What well, he was we know doing. Bogish where his mind goes immediately. <laughs> He's watching <laughs> hockey all of a sudden. It's, ah, it's hot under the collar. Yeah, this could be a great way to incorporate hockey into our show more. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> because my short-lived Connor Bedard <laughs> fandom is, I admit, it's dwindling a little bit with the baseball playoffs and football at night. It's hard for me to watch every minute he's on the ice or any minute he's on the ice. <laughs> Suddenly that Blackhawks-Winnipeg Jets game is not I watched as... two Blackhawk games. Uh, yeah, and honestly, I think I'm jumping on a new bandwagon. I'm no longer a Blackhawk fan. Look I've had enough. Fair weather. It's not even, you know, the end of October. Yeah. EJ, can we update the final poll results, if you will, from our question today? Should the Chargers hire Bill Belichick? just to bring this thing totally full circle? Yes, we can. So should the Chargers hire Bill Belichick? 46% say yes. 53% say no. I just, like, what's what's the no? Like, he's going to be better than Staley. That's the best part about this. Is Bill this. Belichick, are, are the Patriots better coach than the Chargers this year so far? They can't do anything I'm still right. Going with They're Belichick. the worst special teams in the league. That's coaching. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to EJ Stewart. Thank you to Pete Pilati. Thank you to Andrew Kaplan, to Andrew Bogish, Weedos, coffee drinkers, callers. You guys are amazing. We will see you tomorrow. Wednesdays means the great debate series continues. We'll see you then. God just impregnates me with something to give to them.